Kill for mama, Jason. Kill for mama. <laughs> I was trying to scare you with a boo. Yeah, bud. A tea boo, bud. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, bud. You're all going to die down here. Shut him six times! Always check your candy. Matter kid, don't you like clowns? Hey. Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we fucking funny? Welcome back, friends, to the Joe Blow Horror Show, the Joe Blow Oktoberfest show. It is, it's here. Our season is here. Horror fans around the world. It's Halloween month. Those of us lucky enough to be in the Midwest, we're seeing the leaves on the trees change. They're falling off. The colors are there. The cool nights it's it's here. Fall is upon us. Sawain is making his way into your pumpkin spice lattes and fucking apple cider. Are you an apple cider guy or a pumpkin spice guy? Are you really serious? Yeah, I know Bro. you're a basic pumpkin bitch. I just Yeah, man. It's like all the coffee shops you go to now, like you know how they're trying to like, you know, hey, buy my seven dollar coffee, but then tip us as well. And they have like pumpkin, pumpkin spice, or are you uh, apple, apple, whatever? And it's always like apple. Or I mean, not pumpkin. I'll try an apple cider, but I'm more of a definitely more pumpkin spice all, all day. I, I tried. Uh, I, I normally am just like a black coffee, dark roast kind of guy, but I do get my fufu drinks. And I tried a caramel apple streusel oat milk latte that was 
fucking bomb, dude. It was bomb. That oat milk made it taste like the streusel. So, yeah. I also am a fan of oatmeal in my coffee, to be honest with you. I, I do like that, too. Of oatmeal? Well, no, like a, like they have silk, the, the coffee oh, creamer. And it's... Okay. I, I swear you said oatmeal. And I'm like, what, what are I we did. talking about? I did. So you eat your coffee with a fucking spoon? No, nah, brother. It's it's an oatmeal flavored coffee creamer. First off, why the fuck are you talking right now? Because I did not introduce you yet. You asked me oh. a question. <laughs> sit down. Actually, don't sit down because I won't be able to see you, you little fucking goddamn <laughs> hobbit. But the the voice you're hearing and the voice you hear on almost every Joe Blow episode mm. is the man himself. He's everybody's favorite. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, shit. Get my get get my dick out of your mouth. Come oh, on. Dry cum. I mean what? <laughs> uh the square hammer, the honey haired herbal enchanter, the swamp donkey himself, Travis Maxwell Boone. Welcome back to the show. Now you can talk. Okay. And since since you didn't say who you were, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. The Midwest monster, that hockey puck slinging, fucking ass crushing, pussy thrill ride himself, boss daddy <laughs> tuna. The, the Mr. Joe Blow horror show himself. Thank you for having me as always. Yeah, bud. Woo woo. Woo woo. It's it's Oktoberfest time. No, I'm I'm fucking pumped though. It's I love it. I'm sitting outside. If the audio quality sounds a little bit shittier than it normally shitty is, is because I am outside. So it's a you little sound great. Of a different setup. Um got the fire cracking here. It's cold, dude. It's it's we're like frost and shit in the mornings. It's low 30s at night. So well, guess what? It's down here in Louisiana. We got two cold fronts back to back. So it's filling. Look, I'm wearing a shirt. Normally I'm shirtless, right? Uh, tonight, got it. Got it. Well, I could take the shirt I mean, off and still be fine. But so what's it? 70 degrees out there? I think it's probably right now. Yeah, it's probably in like the low 70s. But in the mornings, it's been in the 60s and it's been very nice. Very yeah, nice. Probably like 40 degrees right now, like to the point where my ears are cold and i almost need a hat but you know what oh also i have covid right now oh you do do you i do Hmm. so that's how much of a trooper tibu is trooper boo is here gotcha yeah well you're probably gonna die oh wait that's right (laughs) dude don't say that (laughs) i don't want to die we figured out that 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 hoax that lie (laughs) whoa government (laughs) Hashtag Joe Blow canceled. (laughs) (laughs) I think the cat's out of the bag now. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much out the bag. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had COVID for like two weeks. Actually, I don't know if it was COVID, but I never get sick and I was sick for like two weeks. I didn't miss work or anything. It wasn't like debilitating, but it was just an annoyance. But anyways, nobody cares about uh, Tibu dying and having COVID or me being sick. So they care about the Joe Blow horror show. What are you doing for me now? And what we're doing for you now is we're going to start off our Oktoberfest with a movie that you can stream free on Hulu or rent it for Treat Fitty or something like that on uh, uh on, on the Prime, on the Prime box. But <laughs> I don't know. Before we get into that, um, I mean, we're coming off the heels of Resident Evil. So make sure if you haven't, I'm sure you guys already have. If this is your first time joining us, which... I doubt it will be, but if it is, thank you. Yeah. And I got something caught in my throat. 
<clears throat> and and I feel like that's like a little, you know, all the listeners are like, oh, you motherfucker, we know what you're doing, setting up the titty twister. But I know I really do have something in my throat. <clears throat> so we are going to have to stop in soon. But anyways, uh, yeah, check out our Resident Evil retrospective. That was a lot of fun. And I think it was the first time we ever did it all in the summer. So it's, nope. it's an undertaking. It was a lot of films. But it's right. We did a large franchise in the summer. We got The Conjuring in. We got The Conjuring in in the summer. We did it. There's only three movies, damn it. Yep, and we did, yeah. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll be announcing Tibu's franchise here probably in February when we do our end of the year list. But yeah. before we get to that, make sure you guys check. You know what we haven't said in a while? We always pimp the socials and stuff, but go and review us. Set, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to your shit, Facebook, Podbean, that's where we host our stuff from. So go give us a review. Tell people how great we are. Spread the love, just like TB spreads his cheeks for me. Spread, spread your love. Spread your legs and spread the love, baby. Yeah, baby. But with that being said, I really do need to wet my whistle. I have something caught in the back of my throat, and it's not it's not the square hammer and I need to flush that down. So we are going to take a step into where everybody knows your name. Quite festive in here, Tibu. They really went all out. Um, you know, those dead bodies all over the place look pretty real. So I really appreciate their their astuteness to decorate for this holiday that we have. It's been a while since we've been in here, and yeah, they really have spruced up the place. It, it, it's it's festive. It makes me feel like Oktoberfest is a full full gear. Oh shit. Tom Savini's over there with his dick gun again. Yep. Yeah. We're back at the titty twister, folks. Still smells like urine and blood, but you know what? Just like my first time getting laid. Anyways, let's <laughs> uh let's uh get into our beers. I'm gonna go first, because I always let you go first, but I'm proud of this because it can't be an Oktoberfest without Boss Tuna bringing a little a little something, something special. We have Confluent Basic Batch. It's a pun. <laughs> I ale. Yes, I probably have had this on the show before, but this is a go-to. Confluence is a local brewery here out of Des Moines. They're actually very good, and they have there's so some of their stouts are probably the best around. I mean, best in the Midwest. They really go all out. The apple pie, um, apple pie, pumpkin pie ale is pretty. <laughs> Crack that open. Yeah, clear your throat out. <laughs> oh yeah, it's delicious. It's delicious. You get all the spices, and yeah, it puts me in my happy place. What are you drinking, brother? I do have my tropical bear hug because I'm kind of missing uh missing our summer under the umbrella a little bit. But I also do have the first batch of your. I guess this would be the gas station gas station equivalent of an October beer. But I've got the first batch of the Sam Adams Oktoberfest on deck, so I'm being festive too. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've had my fair share of Oktoberfests, so moving into the pumpkin stuff. But anyways, we'll be right back. We're going to play the trailer for you guys for Boogeyman. I hope you guys don't get too scared and leave the podcast. 
because we'll be right back. When there are scary things we don't understand, our minds try to fill in the blanks. Sometimes the best thing to do is to face it. So this light is going to be completely solid like it is right now. Then gradually, it's going to start flashing until it's totally dark. So you can see that there's nothing to be afraid of. Okay? See? That's not so scary, is it? Just you, your sister, and me. You're doing okay. It's not for you. It's okay. It's okay. It's all just in your head. You need to grow up! I'm serious, Sawyer! I need to be alone! You're both having these manifestations. What is this supposed to be? It's the thing that comes for your kids when you're not paying attention. to me okay i'm listening sweetheart let me handle Get well tibu the boogeyman is a 2023 film it is pg-13 clocking in at 98 minutes mm-hmm. what do you think this got on the b uh, user rating on the B, I'm going to go with a 5.8. Very close, 5.9. What about Rotten wow. Tomatoes? This, I imagine this was rated fresh. It just kind of feels like that kind of movie, but not very high. So I'm going to say 63%. 60%, very close, very close in both of those. What about a budget? What do you think uh, this got for a budget? Um, based on, you know, a lot of this movie relies on lighting, I think. So you don't need a big budget for that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put it in the lower, I'm going to say like 16 to 20 million. I'm going to somewhere at 16 to 20. If you give me a, if you'll give me a margin, I'll to give go you ahead. that margin because it's about double that. Oh, so oh yeah, God. we're we're thirty five million. So what the fuck, man? Yeah, sometimes I'm way off on this budget shit, dude. And then I wonder what they spend it on. There's a lot of CGI, and it actually looked pretty good. So I mean, I'm sure that was a good portion of it. Um, but I mean, it had, uh, actors weren't anything too crazy, but no, no, the the movie's got pieces and 
shooting locations. It, well, it also could be a, a payday because, well, first of all, this movie was directed by um, Rob Savage, who his works, if people out there aren't too familiar, he made a movie called Host, which was a big hit back in 2020. That was the COVID um, Yeah. That was the COVID movie. He made a film um, last year or two years ago called Dashcam that was somewhat popular. It was a found footage type movie or, well, a streaming footage movie, that new thing that we're doing nowadays. So I guess this is his big step up into the mainstream. Um, and it stars Sophie Thatcher, Chris Messina, Vivian Lear, uh, Vivian Lyra Blair and David. I'm going to fuck this last name up. That's small. Yep. That's small the small chin. Yeah, those are those are our big stars in the film. But you know who the biggest star of all is? Yeah, I, I was gonna say David Dasmalchin is a stud. I really, I really like him. He he was in uh I mean he's a pretty legit actor, and he was only in this movie for a little bit, as we'll get into it, but he was in The Dark Knight, Dune, Suicide Squad. Um, he's oh, the last voyage of the Demeter. So I mean he was in that new one. I mean, he's Oppenheimer, he's pretty he's, a, he's everywhere. It yeah. sounds like yeah yeah well the big star of this movie is is the original author of the source material uh stephen king and um this short story came out of one of my favorite horror short story collections night shift from 1980 at least from memory i believe it was 1980 but the cool thing about this short story collection this is just a little side tangent actually it came out in 78 now that i'm looking at it um Listen to some of these stories. These are all adaptations that well, they later became film adaptations. This is all from this one short story collection. You've got Jerusalem's Lot, which is not Salem's Lot, but it's tied directly to it. It's the, um, it's the town. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. If you read Salem. Yeah, it's it's a sh- but it's a short story that's connected to the novel Salem's Lot itself. Yes. So yeah. tie in. You have Graveyard Shift which became a film. Um, You have the Mangler, which became a film. You've got trucks, which was later adapted into the cult classic and first and only film directed by Stephen King, uh, maximum overdrive. You've got sometimes they come back, which became a film, right? The lawnmower man, children of the corn. And of course, this movie, finally the boogeyman. And, Back when I used to read through this, The Boogeyman was one of my favorite short stories in the collection. I'm going to let you know right now, this movie has a lot more in it than that short story does. You know, the original short story was maybe, fuck, I, I don't I don't know, like 20 pages or something. Oh, wow. It's, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not even, it's nothing near this. And it's a whole, it's a whole different it's a whole different story. It's just a different sure. story altogether. But um, I was looking forward to this movie when I found out that it was coming out. It kind of came out and not a lot was said about it. Some people found it, you know, good, but they were like, meh. And so I kind of like lost a little bit of interest. But when I knew we had Oktoberfest coming up, I'm like, you know, this might be worth a shot. Stephen King. Yeah. It's the boogeyman, the quintessential creature of all of our fears. It's what a lot of myths are based around. So I'm like, maybe this could be a maybe this could be a fun movie to watch. And 
you know, most of this movie was shot in Nolens right here in Louisiana. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and I didn't realize, so this was your movie to, I mean, your idea to, to cover this movie, and I had not heard about it until you'd mentioned it. I'm, I'm maybe in passing just scrolled over it on, on Hulu, but I knew nothing about it, and I'm not familiar with many of King's short work, short stories. Uh, I did just finish reading Salem's Lot, though, for the first time, like a month ago, and, and really enjoyed it. Nice. Yes, yeah, not not familiar with many of his short stories, but this film actually did get a decent theater release. This this actually uh, had a box office of sixty seven point three million. Uh, that was worldwide, which is probably mostly U.S. and then Canada. I'm gonna guess. So, I mean, it did pretty well. It doubled its its budget. So yeah, yeah, that's weird because I'm seeing something conflicting right here. I'm seeing eighty two million worldwide. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's probably still it's probably still in theaters in in a lot of parts. So oh, it might be because I think it just got released into streaming. So I mean it still might be in theaters, and yeah, we might be looking at different different numbers. But yeah, I um went in blind. I mean, obviously, I knew it was about a boogeyman, but I went in blind and <laughs> had no expectations or anything. So yeah, yeah this this movie was kind of um. A shot in the dark it was just like hey maybe this will work maybe this won't but why the fuck not it's Oktoberfest. it's spooky season what better way to get spooky than with stephen king and the fucking titular boogeyman so i'm gonna read the synopsis for you guys real quick here on the boogeyman it is a story about a boogeyman no i'm just kidding <laughs> Let, uh, hold on i got the synopsis okay it, it's 1978 it's been 18 years since the murder of one young woman and Michael Myers has come home <laughs> to Haddonfield, a.k.a. the boogeyman is back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> it's like all. five movies right there. Yeah. <laughs> No, plot summary for The Boogeyman. Still reeling from the tragic death of their mother, a teenage girl and her younger sister find themselves plagued by a sadistic presence in their house and struggle to get their grieving father to pay attention before it's too late. So this movie essentially follows Sophie uh, and her dad, Will, and her sister, Sawyer. Uh, Mom, we find out, dies in a car accident. And they're kind of dealing with that. Dad is uh, what a psychologist, I would have, I would assume, or a therapist or something like that, right? Yeah, he's a therapist. Yep. Um, and I want before we jump right into the main plot, I, I do want to talk about the opening scene of this movie real quick. Okay. Um. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The opening scene. Talk about that for show. Oh, okay. My bad. Am I jumping ahead? No, no, no. You're go for it. The opening scene of this movie is what sold me on on like getting into this. So, and I want to preface all of this by saying, the boogeyman is like darkness falls if it was good. That's what <laughs> this is like. And Joe Blow, longtime Joe Blow listeners will will know from my first appearance on the Joe Blow Horror Show that I am not a fan of Darkness Falls. In fact, it's probably one of my most... I don't want to say hated. I don't want to say I hate it, because that's it's really strong to say that. It's one of my most disliked horror films out there. 
because it's a movie with a lot of potential and it just squanders the shit out of it for whatever reason. And there could be a multitude of reasons, but it squanders it. This movie is like Darkness Falls if it was fucking good. And this opening scene, much like the opening scene to Darkness Falls, is fucking awesome. And that's all I'll say is awesome about uh, the latter. But in Boogeyman, what we get here is this child in a crib wakes up scared, crying, alone in infant. Probably, I think it's a little girl. Probably a year old. Year and a half. Can't talk. Uh, only, Only cry. And it's, it's in the crib and the closet door creaks open all creepily like, you know, like it does. And the way the camera pans around the room to hide use the, the shadows mo- and mm-hmm. it hides the monster perfectly. And you just see glimpses of maybe it's hands crawling up the crib. And what's fucked up is that the monster is telling the child that it's, it's me, it's, it's daddy or mommy, whichever one. And it sounds sort of human, but you can hear that it's a lot of not human in there. And the, the camera pans around the room to where you see it crawling to the, to the crib then it goes over to a photo on the on the uh the the nightstand and the baby's crying 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 and then suddenly not crying and blood splatters against the the picture frame goes fucking hard in the paint and the reflection in the picture frame shows the closet door closed back and the movie that's the title card now is the book and i'm like okay movie you got me right off the bat i'm very upset now thank you for upsetting me because something i've learned about myself since becoming a parent is that children in danger in horror films is something that I'm not a fan of. I'm not saying it shouldn't exist. I'm not saying I won't watch it. I'm it's saying that home. that is something that will fuck with me. Yeah, it, it it really will. If done right, and this was done right, it fucked with me. Yeah, it it's. I mean, that's that's a very very taboo taboo thing. Uh, and and the reason it's so effective is because you don't see it a lot. Um, it's it's one of those rare occurrences in a horror movie that does surprise people and and really sits with people and it can disturb them. Um, So it's effective. It's, I mean, it'd be different if you saw kids and infants getting slaughtered all the time, you'd become numb to it, but we're not there yet. We're not there. Maybe, maybe we'll have some kind of weird fucking Renaissance where it's going to be a thing, but we're not. And I was surprised because you keep that entire scene. You keep expecting mom or dad to come in and turn the light on in the, you know, yeah, that that is that is how it would go. Nine out of ten times, mom or dad would come in, they turn the light on, and the boogeyman would go back into the closet. Not this time, not this time. And I love how it plays into what you find out a few minutes later. You know, down the road with the movie, it it, it kind of ties ties some some storylines together. So, I'm trying to remember what that is. Um, because I, I watched this once. This is a one time watch for old T Boo. Um, with with uh, uh, David Dasmalchen's character, that was his. That was his kid. Okay, so that was the beginning of the downfall of his family. That that's well, the first one was Sid's, um, I think. So that one, I believe, was his second because he had three kids. That we'll we'll, we'll get to that as well too. Okay, but, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I am jumping in the plot with that one, but yes. Yep. Um. You were talking about how the the mother of the the um the Harper family, which that is the same name by the way, is in the short story, so that's consistent. Okay. Um, they, it is the Harper family that that's in the short story. Uh, but yet now you're talking about 
the what's his name again? Will. No, no, David. What? Oh, David Desmalchin or something. Yeah, he's uh, Billings or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a he's this troubled man that that basically sneaks into Will's office and is like, I got all these kids and people say that I'm the one killing them, but it's not me. And I'm trying, he, he's begging this guy to fucking believe him, man. And of course, what does, what does Will do? He calls the police saying, I think this guy is a threat to me, to himself, to everybody around him. And that's when fucking Billings, he, he basically goes off and starts I wanting to commit suicide <laughs> in the house. Homeboy hangs himself in, in their mom's closet. See, I don't think he hung himself, though, because the movie sets it up where he gets in and he has he's like, hey, can you close that closet door? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Harper yeah. closes a closet door and Harper leaves and he heard a scream. That's why he ended up putting the the phone down. So I feel like the um the 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 monster thing killed him because you find the, out later when she goes back in that room. That's where all the standing on the wall is. So you know it had been yeah. there. Yeah. So yeah, the the boogeyman got his ass. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's pretty interesting because I, I mean I don't know I just knowing the cast because a lot of the cast in this is i mean they're really not you know main card christmas scene has been in a lot of stuff but i wonder if it's like a budgetary thing where they just had that dust mulch and only in for that small role because he's only in the movie for the first what five ten minutes i think Mm -hmm. so and he's he's a very memorable memorable actor so he's been in a lot of different stuff but no yeah and, and you're dealing with the grief i mean you got the the high school teen angst drama stuff and would you think of uh dude that one blonde bimbo what a fucking bitch like part of their friend group like she drove me nuts <laughs> i fucking hated her which one um the her her blonde friend oh and whenever well yeah because she's not okay that's not technically her friend though that's her i thought, I thought that's they're, well, they're part of the friend same friend group the asian's they, best friend but yeah, her so so Sadie, the main I would say she's the main character in the film. Um Yep. She's taking her mom's death really hard to the to the point to where she will wear her mom's clothes to school. And she's she gets teased for it a little bit by the one you're talking about, the blonde chick. Yep. Um, but when she talks to her Asian friend, I forget the character's name, but she's she's an Asian American chick, and she's um she's still true to her friend but she has new friends and she's like look let's all hang out tonight let's we'll all come to your house and we'll we'll hang out and i was already like wow something's about to go wrong here you yeah. know predict predictable but but effective in the way that it happens because they go to they go to Sadie's house a bunch of girls go there including that blonde chick and she is she's like the the quote unquote mean girl you know leader it seems and um they basically put Sadie in her par- I think it's her parents' room. They just they shut her in there. Yeah, they're like, they, "Hey, where was the body at?" So she brought him up to where it was, and it was hanging inside of a closet. And then shoved her in. All of a sudden, we tried to open the door; it wouldn't open. Well, of course, that's you know they they call it exposure therapy. 
like like if someone's afraid of something, you're supposed to expose them to it, and that's supposed to help. Yeah, not not like this, not in this kind of way. And they just got high. They got high off some really old roaches that Sadie found in her mom's little <laughs> yeah her mom's fucking little, <laughs> little yep. stash can. Um, that which I'm not kidding, dude. When she so in in a scene prior to this, Sadie's looking through some old boxes. I'm gonna remember things as we go that I'm forgetting from beforehand, but I'm sorry, I don't have my notes proper. Um again, first time watching, kind of on the fly right now, y'all. Sorry, Joe Blow, but we're gonna get you there. Uh Sadie's going through some old boxes of her mom's shit. She finds this little tin can, and it's just it's like an Altoid can type of thing where you just pop the top off of it or whatever. And inside there's like two or three roaches. And these things have to be at least over a year old. They, you know, it's some old skank weed at this point. But that tin can, not only have I had that, I know people who still have that and keep their roaches in it. There Seriously. Yeah. So that that was kind of dope to see. I was like, oh, yeah. Mr. So, Sapp dipped into his own props for the movie. <laughs> well, when Sadie, when Sadie has her friends over, they, they're bored in her room because they're like, you know, you got anything else to drink besides fucking soda? And she's like, my dad's not much of a drinker. And I like that line where one of them is like, not that you know of. Like it, it's condes it's like kind of like condescending or or like I don't know it, it I can't think of the right word but it's kind of bitchy. Yep. And um, she's like, well, I do have something, some drugs, and they smoke this old weed before they throw poor Sadie into the the closet. I do like the line too where when Sadie takes her first hit and she starts coughing immediately and they're like, sounds like virgin lungs, or or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Something like that. Yep. You know, one thing, too, that I found very interesting with this was the use of the lights and shadows. So little Sawyer has this little ball that she sleeps with. So naturally, little girl, you know, probably is dealing with the loss of her mom a little bit different. And obviously kids anyways, you know, the boogeyman and monsters and stuff under your bed. But she's got this little ball that is like an orb. Of, of a light and there's, there's some really creative uses in that as far as rolling it around into rooms and, and down hallways and stuff like that. And the use of shadows in this movie, I'd give a 10 out of 10 because it's, it's one of those where you, you see uh, like eyes glowing or it's, it's almost like the hereditary effect where there's something, the camera is focused on, something the character is doing but in the top right corner of the screen you barely see a silhouetted uh outline of the monster and it's just one of those where something's going on and then you notice that and you're like oh fuck some effective jump scares uh, this movie is a lot scarier than it deserves to be if that makes sense effective jump scares and effective tension building and it's because of what you what you said and i i was i was saying that earlier like to me Besides the performances of the of the two sisters, especially Sadie and Sawyer, which I think are top notch, especially for Sawyer because she's a child actress. Um, Sadie, I'm giving, I'm not shortchanging her. I think she's actually great in this movie too. But I think the second strongest suit of this film is the cinema to to encapsulate it, the cinematography and especially the lighting, the way the movie uses it. Yes. Perfect. And that's why I'm going back to Darkness Falls, because in this movie, the, the the rules are established that the boogeyman deals in in darkness. And if you expose it to light, 
it's not happy about it. It will repel from the light. So Tooth Fairy, Boogeyman, same rules apply to both entities. That's the only that's 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 one of the big reasons why I compared the two films. But this movie just way fucking better when it comes to utilizing it. Yeah. So yeah. when when they when, when they throw they throw Sadie in the closet and she does encounter the boogeyman, but I guess at this point, you know, once she finally gets out, she's just freaking out because her friends did that to her and maybe she was just more afraid than you know thinking it was real what was happening to her then to see the creature yeah that's when the creature does freak out her sister and at this point after after sawyer because that that's a good scene where sawyer goes to bed and then the closet door just in most movies you expect that little slow creaking of the door and it opens like how it did at the beginning in this scene just wham the door just flies right the fuck open and that was a that was kind of a decent jump scare i was like oh shit all right movie but that's that's that utilization of that orb that glowing orb that mm-hmm. sawyer rolls under her bed and then sees the fucking boogeyman looking at her uh very freaky yeah you know another thing too is that it it it's very clever in the way that it reveals the boogeyman because for me watching this, I was, you know, is it going to be something like a supernatural where you don't really see it? It's just like a presence or is it going to be like a demon or is it going to be an actual monster? And it's very clever in the way that it kind of unravels that, that part of the story because it gives you bits and pieces of it throughout the movie until you get towards you know, the end where you start to see it. And it, it's, it starts with David Dosmalch's character and coming in to see Dr. Harper and his kid has a picture of it. So in your mind, you're already looking at it. You know, it's funny is I just recently saw uh, no one will save you or whatever that alien one is on Hulu. And this monster looks a lot like the aliens on there with us just like extremely long appendages and whatnot. So, oh, but, spoilers but yeah <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's it's yeah not really spoilers but yeah but anyways yeah i, I thought that was <laughs> it, it doesn't just you know it, it gives you a little it, it spits on it warms it up a little bit for you before oh. it just you know, gives you the the whole thing yeah as long as you don't tell me what happens at the end of that movie then you just spit on it for me so thank you uh just what, don't you, show you, you haven't seen the no one will save you yet no, no, man. You know what? You can look at the at the when you click play on Hulu. You know it's an alien movie. I don't know what they look like, but it don't matter. It don't matter. I was very, I was very vague in telling you what it looks like. It, if it looks like this thing, then it looks like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Because spoilers for the ending of this shit, the Boogeyman itself. I get. I guess <laughs> we're touching on it now. So I'm gonna say before we even get to the end. Wait, we spit on it and then we're touching on it. Yeah, yeah. Now it's getting hard. Okay. It's getting hard. It's getting hard not to talk about it now. So I'm gonna. The boogeyman looks like Gollum. It's not a very creative sure we're design. Prematurely talking about him, or are we ready to go? I'm re- I'm ready to go at this point. <laughs> All right. I I done lost where the condom went. Um. This thing. This thing looks like fucking Smeagol. All right. It's a skinny, lanky, unoriginal design. That was something that kind of bothered me when you finally do get to see it. See it, which thankfully is only at the end where you see the full thing. Uh, mostly it's in shadow and 
that's why I was wondering where the budget was for all the CGI in this because there's Seriously, not a lot of it. Did you have something built up? Because I mean, I thought it was unique enough. I mean, did you have an idea of you know whether it was from reading the book or or no. built up for the movie? Okay, no, the you story kind of let down a little bit when you saw it. I was let down big time when I saw it. The story, the short story, is it lets your imagination make you you come up with what it looks like. Which okay, and I know that sounds lazy but when you read the short story like any good piece of fiction that can let your imagination take over for the story when it's sure. written well enough you can come up with any fucking crazy thing so what i didn't ex i didn't know what to expect i i saw it in glimpses we you see it in glimpses throughout the movie you could tell it's a lanky thing with a weird kind of face but when you finally see it it's just like ah eh, i feel like i could kick that thing's ass you know like now, it might be super strong, which it I think it is. It, I think it well, is. But actually I mean, it's supernatural super too because it's it's jumping in between different dimensions or worlds or something. That that was something you said a minute ago that I wanted to pick pick at a little bit was, so this thing is both physical and and I would imagine entered. It's what metaphysical. Yeah, it's like both. It's like when it comes – so it, it, it must spring through the darkness to come into our world. But once it's here, it's here. And we'll find out a little bit later, if it can bleed, we can kill it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll get there. Okay, so I'll shut up about that. Sadie starts investigating all the events on her own. She decides to go to Billings's fucking crappy house – Cause she was seeing like mold and shit all over their house. And she's like, all right, the mold, the shit with my mom, um, th this, this shit Sawyer seeing now, this is the guy that came here talking about his family. It's all fucking weird. So I'm going to go to this dude's house and in there she finds Billings, fucking wife who is seemingly crazy. Well, she probably is crazy, but. And unexpected too, because there had been no mention really of the wife. When you met uh, Billings earlier, he just said, "My kids are all dead," and you yeah. assume the wife was dead, but you find out that she ain't. She's kind of just holed up here. And why does she stay there? It just seems like a weird choice to stay at that house. But I don't want to pick the movie apart too hard. I saw it one time, and I don't want to sit here and speculate on it because at the time, while watching it. I was going with it. I, the, the movie was doing what a story should do. I was just along for the ride. I wasn't thinking about it too much because I was enjoying it too much to think about. And there was too much going on for me to pause for a minute and think about. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just, it was taking me. Yep. Um, the The wife seems to have, which I think her name was like Rita or something like that. Yeah, I'm not really sure. She seemed to have an idea of what this creature was. Or is and she identified it as the boogeyman. She's like, this thing is it's 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 this thing that feeds on the fear. Um, if you're if you're depressed, if it's coming for you, if you're yeah, she you know, she made a comment that basically it feeds on people who have experienced recent trauma, which makes sense that it went after the Harpers because their mom got killed in that car accident or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it makes sense too because Billings brought it there. When he went there, it's like he brought it to that house and left yeah, it there when it killed weird. him. Why didn't it finish off the wife? Because I think it was now over there, like attracted to them. 
Okay. Not saying not saying it can't go there because I think it can like how we're saying it's metaphysical. It just travels through the darkness, but I think at this point it's probably more interested in children. Um based on like things like Pennywise against Stephen King, it's yeah. probably like kids, younger people, that young the the energetic youth is probably something that's more attractive. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, to feed on the old, helpless, feeble, doddering Biden, it's it's easy. You could just do it real easy. But to go after the youthful and, and the energetic, it's it's a lot it's a lot harder, you know what I mean? Um but but it's it's like it's the thing with the leg hair and kids sitting on my lap, the thing. You know, one time I saw this thing in the closet, man, and it was just freaking me out. America. Um that dude, that poor old dude. Uh <laughs> the 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 creature and also it can mimic voices. She she does mention that. And that's the part of like that's one of the aspects of this creature that I find the most interesting is that it will mimic voices of people that you know. And it's so weird sounding when it does it, dude. And she tells her the only thing that can stop it is light. She does say that. So Sadie's getting an info dump, but then homegirl starts fuck. She's like, don't move. It's right behind you and shoots the fucking shotgun right next to Sadie's head. And Sadie runs outside to her friend. She's like, she's just a crazy old bitch. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Um, Effective scene, a little bit of an exposition dump, but yep it necessary at this point in the story i would say and and done in a roundabout way where you get the surprise of the wife still being there so i'm not against this scene i think it's it's fine you know it, it, it's doing what it what it has to do one, one of the most um, effective scenes is what's coming up because she goes kind of back home and you get this scene of her kind of going it, it's daylight i mean she's walking through the home and she's in her bedroom and when it busts through that fucking door that mm-hmm. that fucking made me jump because first off it's horror in the daylight and it's also so unexpected i mean this you can typically a seasoned horror fan and even not even a seasoned horror fan if you've seen a handful of movies you know when a movie is setting you up for a jump scare this one was effective because it just came out of left field and and i was like bravo good fucking job you got me but yeah i mean at this point in the movie i was pretty well invested it was doing a good enough job as far as building up this story and your, your mind is wandering, trying to put a bunch of pieces together. So, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty much, we're, 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 we're jumping into the third act right about now. No, Well, kind of, I think we told this out of, out of sync a little bit because you know what this, what happens next is after that jumps, after that dream sequence, that's when Sadie has the girls night because yeah. That's when Sawyer is promised she could play PlayStation all night if she lets Sadie be by herself. Yep, and that was a really good scene too. So yeah, we talked about the little girls' night thing, but yeah, yes, so in the basement or in the basement, the main floor playing the, the the PlayStation and just the use of the video game. Yes, sequence was creative. It was very creative. Agreed. Yeah, because yeah. she's setting off bombs in the video game to light up the room. And try to see where the boogeyman is in the room, but he eventually like smashes something against the TV. He, he throws, throws her against the he TV. Throws her against the TV. Yeah, yeah. He fucks Fuck her up. Bitch. Yeah, <laughs> game over. So she has to go to the hospital now. The and... <laughs> if he'd have fucking come, may have made her ass. <laughs> um, 
that's when Sadie is contacted by Rita over the phone. She's like, I know how to stop it. You need to get over here now. Yeah. So you're right. Now we are getting into the third yeah. act. So the movie's going along. Uh, Sadie decides, you know what? I know my sister's hospitalized. Dad's upset. But fuck it. It's time to go. And she goes to Rita, the, the, the Billings house. And Rita basically ties her up and is like, you got to trust me. This is the only way to get rid of it. There's candles all over the floor and trip wires everywhere. So it's like Rambo in this bitch now. Yeah. And right? she, she uses, she uses Sadie as fucking bait too. Mm -hmm. just like put her in the middle of this room and wait for this thing to come. And it did. It did. Oh, this is, so we talked about trauma. This, this creature being attracted to people that had just been through a, a great deal of trauma. And this part in this dimly lit, but, the fire, the fire of the of the candles and the lankiness of this creature, the trauma aspect, this all reminded me of a movie from last year that made my top 15. Go back and listen to the nightclub Joe Blow Horror Show fucking collaboration you know. we do every year. Don't you know of our top uh, favorite movies of the previous year? Smile. Smile was an unexpected oh. banger for me. And this whole scene was very smile vibes for me. And I dig it. I'm there for it. Because, yeah, Boogeyman shows up. And as it walks through the hallway, it's blowing the candles out in front of it so it can proceed further and further. And then what, Cole? Well, then it meets the business end of a, I think it was a double barrel. It hits that tripwire. It hits a tri yeah, it hits a tripwire and meets the business end. Yeah, and she had like these shotgun shells, just Rambo. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good analogy there. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, they were firing fucking, off from all over the fucking room. Hockey. And she walks up and shoots it again, and it starts bleeding on the floor. And I'm like, oh my god, fuck yeah, shoot it again, shoot it again. But I don't know how this thing gets the upper hand. That's I can't remember how it gets the upper hand. Well, it, it, yeah. So she kind of like turns around, and the thing gets up, and it literally tears Rita in half. Like it's a oh. visceral scene where it grabs her with its long fucking golem ass arms, and it literally rips her in half. And then, and this yeah. this was PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that was the the one scene, but it was dark. Uh, yeah. So I mean, if you weren't paying attention, it was a quick, easy scene to miss. But yeah, it showed her getting ripped in half with blood. Um, but yeah, they, they barely snuck that one by the MPAA. I'm not going to lie. If you wouldn't have told me that tonight, I would have assumed this was a rated R movie. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. That's because there's drug use with, with kids, which I mean, there always has been in horror movies since the fucking sixties well, or seventies fucking legal now in many States. So true, true. But just to say you know, because the MPAA are kind of sticklers when it comes to horror movies. The, there is some gore, not crazy amounts, but like you just said, where he rips her in half. I would have thought this was a rated R movie just for, for the, even though it's on the lighter side, the scares are more effective than the gore in this movie for sure. But it just, it yeah, I would have thought this was rated R. I, I definitely would have. Yep. So yeah, she she busts out of the house and her dad is she calls her dad. Her dad's got Sadie and they're bringing her back home. And just as he's getting up to the front porch, she's like, do not go in the house. And he's standing half outside in the light, half inside the dark house. And it's a pretty cool scene where 
they just get pulled into the house. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I was 100% on board with this movie until this next sequence of events we're going to talk about. What, where Sawyer just full-blown runs all the way across town in no, one shot? No, the, the whole, I call it the hunting scene with her and so and, uh, Sa- or Sawyer and Sadie. So it it it, it kind of lost me. I hated this and how it ended uh, because it didn't make sense. If you think about the the setup of the movie and the intentions and everything of the monster, because you get back into the house and basically it's got the dad kind of like pinned up and it has uh Sawyer or yeah, Sawyer is, is in a, in, in a closet when it's actually a pretty, um, I would say a, a clever, you know, she, she was pretty clever in using the Christmas lights and everything, even though they're on yeah. like a link setting. But um, I, I felt like there was a lot of plot conveniences for the setup of this scene, whereas like in reality, this monster should have just made quick work out of them. But I guess I guess I can fill in the blank since we don't get to see it on camera. Um, I feel like what probably happened was they pulled him into the house and then Say- Sawyer probably scurried away to the closet and plugged those lights in. So yeah. the cre- the creature who had just got it got its mind fucking fucked and it almost got its ass killed by uh, Sadie and Rita was probably like, you know what? I'm going to lure them down here by using their dad as bait the same way that they tried to get. Cause it's, you got to imagine this thing's been around forever. It's probably not yeah. stupid. Right. So, and I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying the way I look at it is that it's going to now use the reverse tactic. Yeah. I'm going to use their father who they love as bait and get them to come down here because what happens when they get down to the basement where, and I love this tie in where earlier in the film, again, it's, it's a scene where Sadie was going through her mom's stuff and she has that Zippo lighter and she's like, mom, and she's crying against the performance of, of um, Sophie Thatcher here. Bend the, bend the flame to the left. If you're here. Yep. Yeah. And you don't get that in that scene, but you get it in this scene right. where where Sadie goes down into the basement and she's got Sawyer. They, they're, they're trying to help their father and their dad even fights this thing a little bit, too, which, you know, wow. kudos to him. But he gets fucked up. Um, Now the flame is bending to hard to the fucking left. Mom is there. Yeah. And and oh. they get that that can of uh, airspray. This is like a killer or something, something flammable. Yep. And they're fucking shooting this shit through the Zippo lighter, lighting this monster up over and over again. And I mean, I I guess what they're lighting it up, lighting it up. The the can's not working. What do they do right at the end to really fuck everything up? Sadie runs and she uh, has got like paint thinner and she throws a paint thinner on it. But so, so that was only part of, of the issue I had. The, the other part is in, in, I mean, if we're being honest, it's just a, a standard, again, horror 101 trope, movie trope where, you know, the main character um, include and Sadie as well, too. They all of a sudden get this profound uh, braveness to them and, and they're just doing things that I just felt were a little bit like, OK, you know, like I get it. Your dad's down there and, and you want to, you know, save and protect your dad. But I think hundred percent of the time 
and you've got someone in Sadie's situation with a little girl, they're going to be like, we're getting the fuck out of here. We're going to call the cops, get neighbors and then go back in. But no, you wouldn't have a horror movie then. So, I mean, you All know, right. kind of too much, but I just, this, this, this whole, I just wished that I'm just going to blame it on the writing as well, too. It's just, nah, man, I want to yeah. turn you around on this dude, because I love this third act and I don't, I, sometimes third acts don't stick the landing for me, but I, I want to try, I'm, I'm not going to try to turn you around, but I feel like you said it yourself without this third act, there's no horror movie. If they'd have left the house, you'd be screaming. Why would you leave your dad in the basement with this monster? You know, is fucking brutal. Like they had to go down there. They had to protect. They had to try their best as a family unit because it's all a metaphor for coping with their mom's death. Yeah. And the ending, the the ending post monster fight is going to show us this because I love the last scene in this movie. I really do. And this is what this is what gives this movie. I, I, well, I don't want to give my rating right away, but. OK, so so let, let, we'll, we'll get back to it. Let's get to the ending ending. Yep. So Sawyer runs up and throws paint thinner on the fucking boogeyman and Sadie's right there that the, the fucking Zippo comes back on. That's mom's spirit helping them out in the like the fucking, you know, the 11th hour. And they finally light this thing up. The entire house catches on fire and this thing is crumbling into ashes as the house burns down. It's it, for all intents and purposes. The boogeyman is burned to fucking smithereens. It's it's gone. So it's it's sometime later. I don't know what the movie says. I think it gives us like maybe a year later or something like that. The family for the first time ever, because throughout the whole movie, Sadie's upset with her therapist father, who's being who's given her the cold shoulder the whole movie because he's still coping too, not in the proper way. Not he's there for his daughters, but he's not there in the most emotional way he could be. Yep. They're finally doing like group family therapy together. And and we we kind of did see this. We we completely skipped over this during our discussion where where Sadie was going to this one therapist and there's there's a few scenes with her, maybe one or two. But um they're all doing group group therapy and they talk about, you know, missing missing the mom, the wife, and they're crying together. They're coming together as a family. How they did against the fucking boogeyman, against their fucking, their, their mourning, their, their, their loss, their struggle. And right at the end of the movie, the family's leaving the, the therapist's office and Sadie hears the doctor call her back in. Immediately, the horror movie trope and what this movie has built up is that the therapist calling her back is the boogeyman. It's mimicking her voice, right? Sadie goes inside and the fucking little door, there's a door on the other side of the office that creaks open real quick. And Sadie's approaching it. And then the therapist says, oh, can I help you? Is everything okay? So the therapist is behind her. Yep. Sadie looks at the door. And instead of being full of fear and trauma, she shuts the door. She lets it all go. She closes the door on the trauma. Like, no, not again. So she renders the boogeyman powerless from from the jump. Like, no, you're not coming back. And that that right there is what what it elevated the movie again for me. I, I thought the writing in that part was awesome, and and it made it even better for me. Yeah, I will agree that that last kind of stinger scene was was done well. I just that that whole battle scene just kind of didn't do it for me because. There, there's a few issues I have with it is you did get a big exposition dump, but it wasn't enough to make sense of anything. You didn't get any backstory. Like, I feel like this would have been a good time for 
the mom to, or for Sadie to find out that the mom had, you know, like there's like 500 books around and she found some old timer or, you know, in a movie like, like smile, for example, you, you track down someone who had dealt with it before and how they got rid of it, but you're just kind of presented with this boogeyman and no history of it, even though, you know, it's been around forever. Um, the battle scene leading up to it, I just felt it was out of character. And I know like thematically speaking, what the movie was doing with it. And it makes sense as far as that, because essentially the, the boogeyman is, is just a metaphor for trauma and kind of what it does to people in general. But when you separate that with the actual portrayal of the boogeyman, I was just like, I was just let down a little bit because I was, I was so into this movie up until that point. And, and it just did not, it did not end the way that I wished it would have. It, it, it seemed underwhelming for, for the battle, um, if you will. So, but I mean, I feel like we're already in kind of final thoughts and ratings. So I'll just continue on with that. The first two acts of this, I felt were very strong. Uh, I had never heard of this movie. I had no idea what I was getting into, but you're a hundred percent spot on with that opening scene and how brutal that was. And you're like, okay, you've got a PG 13 movie that's killing kids in the first fucking five minutes. Like, okay, I'm here. And it was one of those rare movies that come out each year where it's legitimately scary. It's atmospheric. It's all those generic terms that you use to describe a movie like this. And it was engaging and it was scary. I mean, I fucking, I, I jumped and and I'm going to give it props with that. It lost me a little bit at the end, but overall I was pleasantly surprised and I'm coming in at a seven out of 10 for the boogeyman. Oh, okay. All right. I ain't going to lie. Like I kind of thought you were going to come in a little bit lower with that. Um, no, no. The, the, the first couple acts were strong enough where, I mean, it was, it was, you know, I didn't look at my phone. I was glued to the screen. So Nice, nice. Okay, final thoughts bouncing off you. I will say again, I I I wasn't I was I had no hang-ups with the final act. Just like you, I was caught up with it the whole movie, the whole way through from the opening scene, I was engaged. I was glued. I'm like, "Hell yeah." Um, so going through the film, it kept me the entire way. The the only scene that I even had a little bit of an issue with was the expedition dump scene, but just talking it through during during our conversation, I'm like, it makes sense that it was right here. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that we didn't get a lot of history about what this thing is. Because even in Smile, you you don't get history about the creature. You just get history that it's been around a while. Yeah. Same thing with the Boogeyman. It's just been around. And it affects people in a similar way. So when it comes to the third act, it, to me, it was a roller coaster. I was I was cheering. I was excited. I was like, hell yeah, kill that fucking thing. And then to close it out, like I just like I just described, the movie shut the door on the trauma. The family shut the door on the trauma. Sadie, who had the biggest, seemingly the biggest outward problem with losing her mother to the point to where she was wearing her mom's clothes to school and would go through her mom's old stuff and didn't want to throw any of it out and just wanted her family to talk to her and to get that at the end where her family was finally all coming together to cope with this loss and she said, fuck that. Yeah. From start to finish, I didn't I I enjoyed this movie. Um it's nothing mind-blowing or groundbreaking. So it's not gonna get like a 10 out of 10 from me or anything like that. 
I wouldn't even call this movie like spectacular. But what I will say about it is if, and I've been I've been trying to do this a lot lately, where I try to look at some of the newer films that come out because let's face it, as old horror fans, and we're getting old, man, and we've seen a lot of movies, you can get jaded easily. Like I try to look at newer films and think from the perspective of somebody who what if this is one of the first horror movies you see? This movie would scare the ever loving shit out of you if you oh, were a fucking wow. kid. Hundred percent. So with that thought in the back of my mind, while while th- this new version of of trying to view these movies, especially first time watches, and how much I enjoyed the film, I'm gonna give the movie an eight out of ten. I think it, I think it's a I think it's a great new horror movie. Nothing spectacular or groundbreaking for sure, but I think it's effective enough. And if you haven't watched other films we've been comparing it to original enough that it, it it will it will spook you i think it's a perfect halloween movie for the halloween month it's got the spooky vibes it's about the boogeyman it's from the master of horror himself stephen king and i think it was adapted very well the intent was there the heart was there the performances were fucking strong so tibu's giving this an eight out of ten i think this shit very is nice. fucking dope very nice yeah I, I would definitely agree it's on hulu free check it out um a lot scarier than it should be for for uh, a more mainstream type flick this is this is done pretty well and it's a good one so bastuna seven out of ten tibu eight out of ten for the boogeyman 2023 from stephen king adapted from his short story yeah with that being said this is episode one of what three or four Oktoberfest, yeah. So stick yeah. around. We're gonna be pumping these out. We've actually been doing a really good job. <laughs> I'm gonna pat myself on the back. Uh and Tibu. Good for, job, Tuna. For, for being there and recording. But we I think we've put out more episodes in the past like six months in the past like two years combined. So boom. <laughs> but no, it's, and, go ahead. Well, I well, I just want to say, and it's been a pleasure, man. Like uh, we we talked about it enough during our summer retrospective, but for listeners who might not have heard it and who don't even care about the Resident Evil franchise, it's more fun than you think it is. Go back and watch the movies and then come listen to us talk about them movie by movie. Go watch the first. Go listen to our first episode. Go watch the second one. Go listen to the second episode and wash, rinse, repeat because it's a lot of fun. And now we're in the spooky season. Join us for Oktoberfest. We're going to be doing a bunch of fun shit this month, and it's all going to cap off with what we've been. We've we've already talked about it. We've already talked about it. Tell them, Tuna. On Halloween, on Tuesday, October 31st, we will be releasing episode 100. Yes, it took us, what, five, six years to get there. (laughs) Episode 100 will be released, and it will be our top 10 favorite horror films of all time it's going to be yours yours truly boss tuna aka cold-blooded it's yeah gonna be, it's going to be rickles it's going to be um uh trevor and potentially a couple other surprise drop-in special guests so make sure you guys mark that on your calendar what a better way um i'll probably honestly release it the night before so you guys can wake up tuesday morning and 
your ride into work or whatever that'll that'll set up the the day it's like the countdown it's it's our christmas morning here so and we've we've never revealed our top 10 favorite horror movies never ever it's never, never happened now nope. people can probably glean a little bit mm-hmm. um if they listen long enough i think i think a lot of fun too and i think we should do this on the episode is we should have uh, like guesses for our top three, like or oh yeah, for the other for the other person's like top three. Like, what do you think yes. their top three is, or at least number one? Because I think I know what your oh, number yeah. one is. You know what my number one is. I've probably said it a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll we'll do the top three. Maybe we'll do like a little points system or something off of it, and we'll do something fun. So, but no, we um, I, I'm excited. One of the episodes that I've most been looking forward to, aside from that, is I'm gonna spoil it here. Just to give you guys a little, I'm going to sprinkle a little sugar on that cookie for you. We are going to do a Joe Blow first, and we are going to do a live, well, live. We're going to do a commentary of Flesh Eater. So we are going to be watching that at, I'd be live. Is that live? What's what's it? Is that the right term? I feel like I'm. It's it's. It's just a commentary track. So basically what we would get, we're, we're going to get all you lovely listeners to sync up with us, uh, your copy of Flesh Eater. Um, which I believe the film is on YouTube, so this shouldn't be hard to do. On Tubi as well, too. And to so Tubi, YouTube, either one, and we'll do a countdown: three, two, one. Press play, and you'll just be along for the ride with us throughout the film, and it's gonna be fucking fun because we have covered this. We have covered this movie, but conversationally, we never covered it as fucking a commentary track. So you could pop this on anytime you wanted while watching the movie and this movie is definitely worth checking out i would say for me it's an underrated halloween season gym like you could watch this any october and just have a ball with this movie so i'm looking forward to that especially so yeah that's one of the Oktoberfest episodes it'll be coming yes it'll be coming so stay tuned we're going to be having pretty much an episode a week so make sure you guys are subscribed liked five stars review follow along and tell your friends about the joe blow horror show too let them know that we're doing this fucking dope shit for october for the halloween month if your friends love horror movies as much as you do tell them to check out the joe blow horror show bitch tell your friends tell your wife tell everybody but (laughs) anything you want to leave our our lovely fans with before we sign off uh yeah Always check your closets and check under your bed because you never know where the boogeyman is going to be when he comes to take your head. Sleep tight, motherfuckers. Boom! That was incredible. Is it good for you? (laughs) I've had better.
There's a devil in the corner in candy apple red Dressed up like a fire burning through my head I got a little closer and offered her a drink But took me to the graveyard and we did the trick or treat Oh, 